Hey everyone, Callan here, and I'm still at Chad's place out here in the Arizona desert. You can see giant saguaro cactuses behind me, and there's a lot of other desert plants, some of them natural, and some of them have been planted here by previous owners of the property. Some of here planted by Chad, and we're gonna be planting more today. So basically this video, we're just gonna kinda be showing you what's here, and also kinda showing you what we're putting in. So first we got the saguaro, very cool. Also they fruit. So Chad said that he had some earlier in the year, which is. So that's the one I was just standing by. You can see there's one back behind it a little ways, much shorter. And here's another one. Take a closer look on the side of the sun here. So definitely wouldn't want to fall into this thing. It's real serious about you not getting in there, but if you can get your fingers through, it's very soft flesh, very, you can tell there's a lot of moisture in there. I think the fruit grow up here on top, although I'm not totally sure. And this tree is where I slept last night. I think this is a Palo Verde. I'm not totally sure. That's another desert tree. I can't, there's two different trees here. There's mesquite and I think ironwood. I don't know which one's which, but they're both kind of poked pokey like desert plants tend to be. So there's a, I think the other kind, so maybe some of you know. And then there's these guys which are all over the place. I wish, I should have got Chad out here for this part because he's the one who knows all this stuff. So, but, uh, and then we can see he planted something. I gotta go get Chad. We need Chad. Chad, I'm dumb. Come help me. Dumb. I don't know the name of these plants. Okay, so I told him that was either mesquite or ironwood. What is it? Yeah, so that one's an ironwood. Okay, so that one's a mesquite. Yeah, that one's not a native mesquite though. Uh, some people call it a sakia. A sakia? It, it looks like it has the same exact leaves to me. They're just really small. Interesting. And it doesn't have the uh, bean pods like the native mesquites here. Sakia is the name for the waterway. Like uh, the, the Spanish you. Okay, okay. Oh, that Asia. makes more sense. Okay, okay. And then these little plants are everywhere. Yeah, those are just creosote And you say I shouldn't burn these. People will say that if you burn them, that it gives off toxic fumes, and it also puts like the creosote like you get on railroad ties onto like your pots and pans you cook with. Uh huh. So I mean, I burn them when I just like trim them, and I burn the brush so that snakes don't hide in it. But I don't like cook on it. I don't inhale the fumes or anything like that. I just burn to destroy. Mm, what is this thing? The can crusher. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. So, Just for... You know, when you're out drinking the brewskis at the fire, <laughs> on the way to the recycling, you go ahead and crush it. It seems pretty elaborate for such a small task. Yeah. Is that really... It's really... That's what it's for, huh? Yeah, this is really... <clears throat> Crazy. Okay. I actually fixed it, so if you want to use it, it works. I don't know. The last time I drank out of a can. <laughs> All right, so what's this guy? You planted this guy, right? This is a jujube. I think it's a leaf variety. So it can either be eaten fresh or dried. Nice. Like the Wang, which is also for sale here. Jesse on, has some of these on the farm too. Yeah. And it actually gave a pretty good crop this year. Yeah. <laughs> she just watches for them to come outside and get treats. <laughs> and then just watches. For... Does he go get some too? Oh yeah. So once she, uh, once the neighbor comes outside, uh -huh. uh, she'll run over there and like. You know, play the fence. Okay, I was thinking maybe she just has to watch and live vicariously. No. Okay, let's go here. Okay, what's this guy? 
This is a really sad persimmon. A sad persimmon? Is that a specific variety? No, it's a few. <laughs> but uh, I think it got pretty sun scalded. I planted it so that during the summer it would be shaded by that Palo Verde. Uh -huh. uh, at least in like late afternoon, but it still wasn't very happy. So how are you, what's your watering and mulching situation here? Yeah, so I built a berm around the trees that I planted to hold in the water that I give it. And it also holds the mulch in when you water it. Uh, but it's been almost every two days. I just kind of flood the berm and let it settle in. And then every once in a while, like when it got cooler, I could go once every three days, but these trees are still so new that they really, really like the water. And the mulch, uh, some of the beds you'll see that I just have like broken up brush from the yard. But then some of these I just have mulch that I've actually like bought. Are you going to be able to hear me? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, so here we have a dog. Hello dog. She's wagging her butt. <laughs> and we also have an orange tree. Nice. So this is an Arizona sweet orange. Uh, whenever I first moved here, I had some at the farmer's market and they were just like so mind-blowingly delicious that I'm like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and plant one and see if I can get, like, succeed. How big do they get? The like the, the, the fruit? Uh, the fruit? The Arizona sweet is maybe the size of a tangerine. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. An orange. <laughs> it looks pretty, it looks super healthy. It seems like it really likes it here. Yeah. It's a little smaller than one of them. But uh, yeah, and it's got some thorns, but this one isn't too bad. But the lemon has a lot more thorns. So this one is an improved Meyer lemon. Uh, improved Meyer? Improved Meyer lemon. Okay. Yeah. So it's supposed to be able to resist some sort of root disease or something. Uh, this one definitely has thorns. Like you can see this big old sucker right here. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that citrus had thorns. Yeah, so if you find citrus in town, like in Tucson, and you see the fruit on it, and you try to climb the tree, be very aware that it could stab you. Good to know. And the thorns are like tougher than mesquite thorns, which are pretty hard, pretty painful. But uh, this one's actually taken off a lot. Like it's probably doubled in size since I planted the spring. This so, year? Yeah, yeah. Wow. But uh, it also gets shade from the house in the afternoon, so I think it likes that. Plus it gets morning sun, mm -hmm. so citrus don't really like cold temperatures. So I planted both the orange and the lemon somewhere to where they get sun earlier in the morning. What's the lowest it gets here? Uh, it can get in the high 20s. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's... But uh, not too often because the saguaro can't handle freezing temperatures for less than 24 hours. So anywhere you see saguaro, you know that it usually doesn't get that cold. It would never be anywhere close to freezing in the day, right? Uh, not during the day. Now, yeah. once the sun comes up, I mean, you gain like 20 degrees pretty quickly. <laughs> But these can still die, like, even just overnight freezes, so. We'll see how it goes. We'll see if I actually, like, give it frost cloth or, like, Christmas lights or whatever to keep it warm. Um, oh, that's an interesting idea, Christmas lights. Yeah, yeah, the old versions, not the LEDs. Uh -huh. Like, the ones that are actually hot. So. so, this is a mesquite tree with some pods still on it. Yeah, so, the pods... You can see those holes? That's Kinda. actually where insects exited. So the big ones. And if you find really small holes, which you might not even be able to see on the camera, uh, that's where they entered. But so if you chew on these, you might get a few little critters, but they're probably all gone by now. But what a lot of people do to taste them, 
Like, I know that this tree is more sour than sweet. He's just chewing on the pod. And these have been on there for a little bit. And you don't want to eat them off the ground because they can get kind of a fungus on them. Even if it's dry out, um, what I've been told is that when the beans are up against the ground, there's that microclimate that can still let the uh, the fungus grow. Well, this is this is pretty dry. It has been on there for a while. I think Colin agrees with that. <laughs> um, and you don't eat the seeds. So if you're just chewing on them, spit out the seeds. You chew on the husk for a while and get all the sweetness out. And then I just spit out most of the fiber. But uh, what people will actually do is they'll take a bunch of these and put them in like a mill. Mill them all down and make flour. And recently I've actually had a key lime pie that was made with... The crust was made from mesquite flour. And it tasted like graham cracker crust. It was so delicious. And the... Um, Key lime pie part was, I think, blended avocado, uh, key lime with some zest, and maybe a few other ingredients, but it was it was really good. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay, who's this guy? So I think this is a Jack Black fig. Jack Black? I think that's what it's called. Does it get its name from Jack Black? I, I think it's because it's related to the Black Mission, but this is a little bit smaller, huh. I think. Um, but this one's a little sad because it did get forgotten one or two waterings during the summer. So it lost a lot of leaves and it actually had more branches too. But it's starting to come back. And you can see it's got some pretty big figs on it now. None of these have quite ripened up yet and I haven't eaten any off of this one. But got another one that I've had two harvests off of already. And it's about to have a third. And you planted it this year. Yeah, planted it this year. That's crazy. <laughs> So this is the other fig, the one that you got two harvests out of? Yeah, so you can tell pretty much all these branches have figs all over them. Oh yeah. Like Just so you guys know, it's November right now. <laughs> yeah, so it's what, November 12th? No, November 13th? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and all the new growth on here is putting out figs too. Um, I don't remember exactly what the variety name is, but it's a uh, dwarf fig. So it's actually meant to be put in a pot. Does it like the shade? And so the sun here is so intense that it doesn't seem like you have to give a plant too much sun. Like if anything, like even the cactus around here, like enjoy shade. So most of the cactus don't survive if they don't grow under a nursery tree. So like if a saguaro sprouts underneath a palo verde or other like mesquite or ironwood or something, it's much more likely to survive. But then if you see like the saguaro or other cactus like out on their own, it's because they probably grew so big they killed the tree. <laughs> and then the, you know, the saguaro is just so old that all the tree matter is gone at that point. But uh, yeah, so it probably gets at least like six to eight hours of sun, uh, at least during the summer, because during the summer, you know, the sun's coming into the porch mm -hmm. from here. So it gets a pretty good amount. It's a little filtered from some stuff. And then once the afternoon hits, you know, the sun's coming in from this way. So it probably still gets four hours of sun during the winter. What you going to put on that trellis? Uh, so I've got passion flower going right here. It, uh, I haven't researched enough to see if the Arizona variety actually has edible passion fruit. It's the same here? Yeah, same here. You can see the flower's about to start. If you know what a passion flower looks like. And then I've got a little dragon fruit down there too, but it's, uh, 
it broke off of the mommy plant that's just hanging out on the porch. And I figured, why not just stick it in the ground and see what happens? <laughs> so you got a bunch of agave on the property too. Yeah. Um, luckily they were all already here because planting these would probably be a huge pain. <laughs> They're very dangerous. And I've had people here, like actually on this property visiting, like get stabbed like through the leg and like, you know, gushing blood oh. right out of the veins. Oh my gosh. They're definitely dangerous. Uh, and we have not clipped the edges, but one of the previous owners put fencing around most of like all the sharp plants, which has been very, very helpful, especially for having a dog here. Uh, during the summer, these did get really, really sad to where they pretty much only had the center stalk pointing up and all the rest of it was like kind of deflated. So I started kind of trying to water them, but watering here is nothing like the water that falls from the sky. Like the amount of rain that can come through one storm is just insane compared to what I'm used to in the Midwest where like probably three days worth of rain would be like an hour worth of rain in some of these like monstrous storms. So once those started coming down, these guys perked right back up. Don't eat them raw. Yeah, yeah, I hear uh, they make your mouth numb. I haven't tried myself, but... I found out the hard way. Still do that. <laughs> so you've got a couple of these giant barrel cactuses. Yeah, I think these are called the candy barrel cactus. Candy barrel. Yeah. Um, it's one of the few cactus, if not the only cactus, that has spineless fruit. So these are kind of tough up here, but they're not actually spines. These are the little pineapple guys. There's no spines on them at all. And the flesh tastes like lemon and kiwi. And I've tried them, and they're actually pretty good. And that description is pretty spot on. And then there's seeds on the inside that you can either eat if you're not sensitive to them. I'm sensitive to them, so I can't. Um, or you can dry them and ground them and make like a flour. Um, I don't know if you can quite make, you know, key lime pie or anything with that flour, but you can still make crackers or something. And supposedly, you can break this guy open and eat the flesh in like a drought situation, but I've heard mixed reports about that. Some people say that, oh, you know, there's just water, you chew on it, you get the water out, but other people will say there's actually a toxin in there. That can cause like severe diarrhea, puking, paralysis, and all kinds of issues. So, I mean, if you're really extremely desperate, you know, maybe try it, but then it might just end up killing you because you're poisoning yourself. So, supposedly the natives said it was like a big no, don't do it. So, I haven't tried it and I don't plan on trying it. And then we're planting some plants. Yeah. So, Chuparosa. Got an edible red flower that tastes like cucumbers and it's kind of sweet. It's actually really delicious and whenever I bought the plants it had a few flowers and I did taste them and that is also spot on. Like it really tastes like cucumber and it, it was almost like a honeysuckle flower so there's like that little bit of sweetness towards the tip. And this guy is a desert hackberry. Um, it has edible orange berries and it can handle, it, it's actually native to this area so. And yeah, how big does this guy get? Uh, according to the tag, it's at 8 feet tall by 10 feet wide, but the ones that I've actually seen out in nature are not that big. They're maybe 6 to 8 feet tall and maybe like only 3 or 4 feet wide. And that's another one. Yeah, that's another trooper okay. And we'll probably put some desert milkweed right here too. It does not look like your normal milkweed. It looks just like spines. Okay, and then these are all the other desert plants that we're going to be planting. There's a bunch over there. Yeah, these are just uh, pollinator plants. So For bees. Yeah, for the bees and butterflies. And one of them actually had monarch caterpillar on it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Milkweed here. 
But it's gone now. I don't know if something got it. These are the uh, Ficus Indica variety of the prickly pear. They're supposed to have really big, extra sweet fruits, and they don't have nearly as many thorns, if any. I didn't feel anything. Yeah, I see maybe a few poking out there, but I don't really want to test it. And these are uh, Peruvian apple, or at least they're supposed to be Peruvian apple. Um, the actual like species name on it is a little bit different, but they definitely look similar. It has fruit. Yeah, and that one actually already has fruit. I didn't notice. I bought it with them, but I haven't tried them because I figured they're dry and old. So I oh. haven't, haven't tested them. And there's a Pattaya cactus back there. I don't know too much about it, but they had it, so I wanted to try it. Which one's that? This one right here. Okay. And then these are uh, organ pipe cactus. So I hear that down in Mexico they actually farm those because the fruit is even sweeter than saguaro. And it's just supposed to be super, super delicious. And supposedly they'll survive here. But normally those grow closer to Yuma in Oregon Pipe National Forest or whatever they call it. Um, so we'll see if they survive. I'm not going to put frost cloth on them. I mean, I hope they survive. But I, I can't have a bunch of plants in the yard that I'm babying like, every time you know, a little cold spell comes. If they survive, they survive. Great. But if they don't, then I just know not to plant them anymore. And this is a Moringa tree. So... The leaves, the flowers, the fruit, and the pods are all supposed to be edible. And I think it's from the from like India, so it's from somewhere else. But the leaves actually taste pretty good. They're kind of spicy, so they'd be good in like a salad. Is this the one that was the willow? No, this isn't the willow. I already put it out in the yard. Oh, okay. Tree hackberry? Yeah, so the tree hackberry is different than the hackberry. The normal hackberry just has like small orange berries that... You can't really get full on them. There are a lot of them, but they're more of a snack. But the tree hackberry actually grow in the mountains, like near streams or springs. And they have a like an oily fruit. Like it's supposed to be kind of fatty. And you're actually supposed to be able to survive on that food like alone. Like it produces so many. And they ha they're so calorie dense that you can actually survive on like if you find a tree out in the mountains. Um, they do require more water. So that's why it's next to the wash. I figure I will have to water during the dry season, but at least during the wet season, hopefully they can, you know, root out into that sandy bank and pull some of that water. You got a ton of food back there. Yeah, those Nepalis back there. Yeah. A lot of work though. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this is the willow. Yeah, so this is the desert willow. I don't know a whole bunch about it, and I don't know if it's actually like in the same genus as like weeping willow or something. But I know they call it the desert willow because it has the thin leaves that kind of resemble willow. Huh. And this thing's supposed to be pretty big, like a 25 by 25 feet like span. And uh, the tag also said that it liked low to moderate water, but it wanted full sun. So I figure next to the wash as well. Yeah. Might be pretty helpful for it. I think it was a good spot. And so there's also uh, three different types of wolfberry that I'm planting. I don't remember exactly which one this is, but wolfberry is basically like the desert version of goji berry. And it is actually related to goji berry and it has these little red delicious berries. Uh, a few of the plants actually had berries on them when I bought it, and I tried some, and they were actually really fruity tasting. It was like tasting the rainbow or something. It's pretty good. Um, they're also supposed to be desert native, though, so hopefully once it's established, it doesn't need much water. Is that the same? This one is... Looks different. Something different. Uh, this is a different type of wolfberry. Yeah, so this one is going to get a lot bigger, and this one technically 
This is Lyceum Fremonti. Uh, on the actual tag, it didn't say Wolfberry. It said, uh, not Desert Thorn. It said something else. That one actually has Wolfberry in the general name now. Hmm. Alright, it's planting time. Yeah, it's planting time. So what I do when I'm planting around here, the bare soil is pretty bare. <laughs> uh, it's not like a rainforest, there's not like mulch and leaves on the ground and everything. It's pretty much just dirt, uh, which most gardeners hate saying, it's soil, not dirt. But um, whenever I'm putting stuff in there, you know, I mix the native soil in, but then I also add uh, compost. So I'll add in, right now it's just bag compost because I haven't had enough time here to fold my own, but I'm working on it. I got a compost barrel. So I mix uh, some of this stuff in, a few handfuls. Ooh, it's dusty. You know, mix it up every so often. That's probably good to plant on. Give a little massage to get it out of there. And you usually want to break up the root system a little bit just that way it's not staying in its pot form it knows it needs to break free and then fill it in with more soil and the mixed up mulch and then uh or the compost and then at the end we'll put mulch on the top of everything to make sure that the soil really retains the water So that's some desert plants for you. I got a lot more to go, so I'm going to get busy, but we'll see you guys later. Peace out.